This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Welcome to the program. 888 back is the phone number. Uh, Pat is uh, out again. Uh, why is Pat out again? Um, well, uh, he, I didn't want to get the plague. That's He's been taking medicine. For one day. Like, well, it should be good. That's what they always say to you. Uh, it should be about 24 hours. You won't yeah, be contagious. 24 hours. You're fine. Take the medicine. Get back to work. That's not what they say. They say you won't be contagious in 24 hours. However, like, what if it's instead of 24, it's 28 on Pat, and then we get sick? I'm no, I don't want to get out. I told him, get out. <laughs> I talked to him like I normally talk to you when you're healthy. Uh, so he will. Well, uh, it did sound like that kind of thing. Yeah, I think he's going to, tr- you know, he tried to, he made through uh, quite the trooper to make it through the radio show today, but uh, he, he's going to be out for Pat and Stu today. I don't know if we'll be here tomorrow, um, but, uh, but we'll see. Um, he wanted to get in. I mean, it was a big day last night. Gorsuch, uh, the uh, Supreme Court nominee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as we said, uh, we, I mean, we got into the final three. Honestly, uh, I was worried about Hardiman, um, who was one of the final three. Uh, Prior or Gorsuch, I would have been okay with. You know, I would have been. Uh, I would have been okay with it to the point of like it's much, much. Honestly, even Hardiman would have been better than I actually expected from Donald Trump. <laughs> uh, but because at least he had a chance to be conservative. Um, but you know, he was the one that I was nervous about because his record was. He does seem like he's generally speaking conservative, but more more centrist uh, than I'd like, and also a record that was a little thin. Um, where uh, Gorsuch uh, it was my favorite of the three. He has, I think, a after libertarian seeing, streak, which I really liked. Uh, go ahead. No, after seeing uh, how many people are all upset uh, about uh, Trump's pick, I like him. If they're that upset, uh, yeah. all wound up about him, that means I, I like him. <laughs> Let's get him in. It's an in-depth analysis by Jeff. He's yeah, as deep as you go, it. typically. Um, but, I mean, people, I find it to be... Real, first of all, I'm really happy about the pick. Let's start, let's start there. Of the finalists, he was my favorite of the three. Um, uh, I, he was one, I think he's in the upper echelon of that list uh, of 21. That was, you know, again, his second attempt at coming up with a list to pick off of. Um, but I was happy with the list. I know how the list was built. Uh, we've talked to the people, uh, many of which who built it. Uh, and were, you know, they had favorites in there. Some they were not so uh, happy with. 
Um, you know, but you make compromises when you're making a list like right. that. And one thing I think Trump said, which is actually true and, and was definitely a talking point because I heard several people in the administration repeat it, is this is probably the most transparent process for a Supreme Court justice in history. I mean, the fact yeah. and I, I hope this is a precedent that is set. I hope Trump has set this precedent for every president going forward, saying, here's a list of 21. Look through them. I'm going to pick off of that list. You don't have to pick exactly who the person is. You don't have to uh, do anything like that. But you give a general, generally speaking. Where um, your head's uh, at. Yeah. I mean, and, and you promise to stick to that list. Um, now, remember, Trump initially kind of had a list of a few. And then, uh, then that one kind of got tossed to the side. But he stuck to this. It was a well-constructed list, a lot of good names on there. He picked a good name off the list. It wasn't even, like, the worst name on the list, which would be another thing you might fear. And a couple of the people that, uh, you know, we trust, like Lee, Ted Cruz, Mm -hmm. they were very happy about the pick. Very happy about the pick. And, uh, you know, and this is when it comes back to um, a lot of people who were big Trump supporters are now, like, for whatever reason, in this moment of triumph for the country, are focused on who said a year ago that Donald Trump wouldn't pick the right person. And I guess, like, I get the gloating thing, certainly. Like, I mean, you know, uh, gloating's fun. Um, It's a weird place to go to me because this is a real, this is a, it's a different moment to me because it's a, it's a, it's a moment for the country and a moment for conservatism. Um, So I don't know why that would be the place you jump to. Um, But it's an interesting thing to watch in that, like, why did we support Ted Cruz, Rand Paul, uh, Bobby Jindal, um, you know some of these other names um, that right. that wound up being in the in the uh, in the primary. Jim Gilmore. Uh, yeah, uh, Jim Gilmore. Uh, um, why did we do that? The reason we did that is think of the process you go through. Analyze it for just a moment. It, look internally. When you have a candidate who is in a large group of, of other candidates, you look at them and you say, "What's their history? What do they stand for? What have they done?" You look at that history and you try to analyze in your brain, your brain does this all by itself, what person there has the best percentage chance to do the things that I think are good for the country? That I think. That I think are good for the country. Now, if you are a person who likes Trumpism as a whole, um, then obviously Donald Trump's your guy. But I mean, I disagree with large swaths of it. The decision was, who do you think is going to be uh, the uh, Supreme Court justice. Um, he said he was going to name a conservative judge. I saw nothing in his history br- br- as previous to when he started trying to please conservatives in this campaign that would indicate anything other than the fact that he would probably pick someone who was going to do his own, own bidding in the Supreme Court um, that would do what he wanted, a friend, uh, an associate. Um, and what he did is pick someone who I think is a really good choice. Uh, that doesn't displease me. That doesn't mean me say, oh, darn it, I was wrong. It's the last thing on my mind. I'm happy to be wrong. I want to be wrong on everything with Donald Trump. And hopefully that's the case. That hasn't been the case so far. I mean, we, I mean some of the things he's done, I really think are, are, are bad uh, policies and choices. But generally speaking, um, you know, he's done a lot of good things. I think a lot of his appointments have been good. We praise them as they've come out, and the, the, the good ones. Um, and mm-hmm. I mean, that is... What I would want. I we got what we wanted. You, the, the odd thing here is we got what we wanted, too. You know, 
People are like, oh, yeah, we got, you know, Trump, sh- shut you up. Trump gave me what I was oh, asking for. What I, the reason I wanted Cruz there in the first place is to do what Trump did with the Supreme Court. And it's only one example of it, but that's one of the reasons. Sure. He, I mean, in a way, Donald Trump, who spent his whole life uh, as, a, as a, you know, obviously a liberal guy, generally speaking. Um, we've covered that history and over, overall. He came to us. We wanted Ted Cruz to name a constitutionalist to the Supreme Court. Donald Trump, who would not have done that five years ago, even, I think, to his own admission, now did it. And the fact that he came and came to essentially the same type of decision Ted Cruz came to is not something I feel defeated about. I feel very happy about it. And uh, it's a weird thing that people can't seem to understand. And so does he. I mean, he was happy to say, yeah. be able to say that, uh, you know, he kept his word. Uh, you know, it's transparent. And to be fair, uh, we've said all along that uh, the way to uh, get us to vote for Trump would be for him to have a great first four years and we'd vote yeah. for him the second time around. Yeah. So, a- we're, I mean, we want him to succeed. Yeah, the way to get me to vote for Donald Trump was right. him to win without my vote in 2016 and then earn it in 2020 (laughs) because I, you know, he got a clean slate from me. I, you know, we don't just throw these things out there. I really mean it. I mean, I honestly really mean that I'm going to judge these things by their merits. I told you just a couple of days ago that the immigration rollout was a disaster. He did not do a good job with it. He, uh, he should have informed, uh, uh, more, um, intensely the people who are responsible. They should have had a list of people who are exempt before they implemented the policy. That is not too much to ask. He did, But we also defended him and said what the media is saying about the policy is not is true. Wrong. And now Gorsuch comes out. If he had named Hardiman, we would have come on today and said, I'm very nervous about this. Um, he, you know, how he might very well be a Roberts. It seems like, well, that's what Hardiman is, um, which is not... It's still that's still way better than I was hoping for. So, I mean, I I would still give him some credit for exceeding my expectations, but he did more than that here and he deserves credit. And it's a great pick. I've seen no one who was never Trump, for example, for reasons that he was, you know, not 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 conservative enough. I've seen none of those people who said they were standing on principle say this guy sucks. This pick sucks. It's because they were telling you the truth. They actually were standing on principle and believed it. And so when he does the thing that proves part of that analysis incorrect, they just admit it. Isn't that what you want out of people? Don't yes. you want as some, out of people who are just going to be honest and say, look, I have, this is where the, the, the problem areas are with Trump. I don't want someone who's, gonna, who's going to sugarcoat everything that's happened in this guy's life. And you know what? If you did do that and everyone fell into line on that, you might not get these choices. You need people who are constantly pressing him from the conservative side to get things like this to happen. And I hope it continues. No kidding. Now, that having been said, um, watching him last night, okay. um, his little walk-up and the standing ovation and the uh, reading from the teleprompter. Yeah, do we have any of the video of that uh, today? Um, I know that he thinks he's getting better. I get the impression Ooh. that he thinks he's getting better. I don't think he is. Uh, you mean as far as being, I mean, he really kind of blew the announcement. Yeah. Me? And that was, yeah. uh, I, I noticed, I, I did tune into uh, some uh, programs uh, last night to kind of see the coverage um, and people who were favorable to yeah. Trump. Lots of editing going on uh, of the announcement because he kind of stumbled over it and oh, like, repeated yeah. himself. And look, I mean, it's not a I, know, I don't care I about know, that. I, I defended. It just it, drives me insane. It drives me nuts. I, 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 I don't, I don't like his, the way he, I don't like the fact that he doesn't, 
seem to speak the English language particularly well. It bothered me with Bush. It bothers me with Trump. Um, I don't like, uh, you know, uh, the way he handles these things often. However, I can deal with a president who does good things, and I, I just can't watch him. You know what I mean? If, if it comes down to, like, he, you know, Trump and his mannerisms and his, his style bothers me, I just won't watch well, it, doing, yeah. and I'll be happy with the fact that our taxes are lower and we have a good Supreme Court justice <laughs> and, you know, everything. Hopefully that's what happens. Um, and hopefully, you know, he's made a lot of promises, and I will say he's at least following through with the things he said. The problem is a lot of the things he promised I don't like. Um, and at some point, he's going to start doing massive changes in trade policy, and I'm going to have real problems with it. And yep. we, you want us to come in here and lie to you about it? I don't think the answer to that is yes. Uh, you know, so whatever. I mean, we'll just have to cross those. I mean, the, there's no option for you here. This is not choose your own adventure. You're just going to get us blabbering what we think is the truth either way. So uh, I do apologize for that if you don't like it. Um, there is uh, here is um, this is interesting. Gorsuch was he was a circuit court judge uh, and had to be confirmed in 2006. Uh, here are some of the names of the senators you might recognize who voted for him. He was, it was an unanimous vote. I think it was 95 to 0. Patrick Leahy, Dianne Feinstein, Patty Murray, Ron Wyden, Dick Durbin, Jack Reed, Chuck Schumer is a big one, who's, of course, opposing him now. Bill Nelson, Tom Carper, Debbie Stabenow, Maria Cantwell, and Bob Menendez. I start with the bottom list because the top list is so much fun. Wasn't it Durbin who said that he didn't, it wouldn't matter who it was? He wouldn't, it was yeah, I mean, they were going to oppose him anyway. And yeah. I, I, honestly, I don't even, I can't fault him for that, to be perfectly honest. But the final four, by the way, yeah. John Kerry, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, and Barack Obama as a senator all voted <laughs> uh, for this guy. Because, I mean, look, his that's qualifications different. are impeccable. I mean, yeah, you know. It's different for when you're talking about this. And I think dude, that's fair. Uh, I honestly, yeah, I, I honestly I, think that that's a fair, fair standard. Yeah. I mean, it is a different role. You're going to have a much higher standard for a Supreme Court justice. Uh, you know, and, and, I, and because of the way Republicans handled the... Um, uh, the Merrick Garland uh, nomination. Right. Um, I am not at dumb. all surprised that they are acting this way. To be fair, they would act this way anyway. They're I using the so Merrick too. Garland that's, thing as that's an excuse. The problem. And so I don't, but I mean, I still think the right thing to do is give Garland a hearing. We said that um, all along. Yeah, I mean, just because I think he should why do it. Why wouldn't you do that? I mean, I just don't, I never understood why we made such a big deal. Right, just do, uh, you have control of the Senate. man made such a big deal of, well, we're not, never going to Yeah, do you that. have control of the Senate. Just do the Stop hearing it. and then vote no. Right. You know, it's not. Right, do the process. Right, I mean, I think I, that's what I would have wanted to, to do. But, I, but I'm fine with uh, the way they handled it, um, you know, uh, as far as results go, certainly. I mean, it's a, it's a really positive result. There was a theory, though, that I heard, I don't know where I heard about the Garland thing, is that they were, they, the reason that they didn't do that, though, is because uh, they didn't go through the process because they were worried that it might actually. Yeah, I was saying. Were you saying that yesterday? This has been my fear from the beginning. I buy that. And I think it's very possible, but the idea is. Uh, if they put Garland up there for a hearing, you'd get enough people who the whiny yeah. Susan Collins version of Republican who would cross the aisle and vote for him. Well, he's fine. And he's so, do OK. Yeah. yeah. And so they, they didn't good. even want to go that far, which is understandable and sure possibly is. true. However, it's still the, it's still the process. I mean, I don't know what the line is on that. I mean, that was February of the election year. What if it had happened right. the previous June? I mean, you wouldn't have been able to. How long can you hold out? I know. I don't know. I to don't me, know. I'd rather just have the hearings and you have the votes. And, and you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Um, I think they probably would have won, but who knows? You're yeah, right. I I, I, there's enough spineless Republicans that I think that's what they're defending about. Absolutely. The other part of this, though, is they never, the Democrats never put their full heart into pushing for Garland. And you say, well, you know, now they're all, they're acting as if it was the biggest, the worst thing that's ever happened. But when it was going on, 
Yes, they acted. Uh, they complained about it a little bit. But they don't did. worry about but it. it Hillary's going to win, and we'll be fine. That's what they thought. Yeah. They thought Hillary was going to win, and then they'd get somebody better. So they didn't really go to the mat for Garland. Remember, Garland was a uh, a moderate choice. They decided, yeah. well, you know, we're going to get fought like crazy. Which is why the theory of him sneaking through is actually pretty good. Yeah. Because they, they, they would have thought, well, he's fine. Right. And, I, you know, I, there would have also been people who were so negative on Trump and thinking he wasn't going to pick a good pick for conservatives that they might have been like, you know what? Who knows what Trump's going to do? Let's go. Let's just uh, get Merrick Garland in it's there. It's in, not yeah. impossible. So, no, I mean, I, I think results wise, it was the right strategy. I just don't like the process of it. I don't like the st- I don't like the precedent it sets. I don't I don't like any of that. I mean, it's you know, oh, I'm with you. look, it wasn't a month. If it happened in October, everybody would understand. It happened in February. You had a whole year to give the guy you know, what a is hearing. It, three months, maybe four months. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really. I mean, I'm asking seriously. I think, I mean, legitimately, three four months, right? Yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, maybe even less. I mean, look, the bottom line is, uh, they should probably have a vote on it. I mean, do your job. That's what we sent you there for. Do your do job. I, 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 look, the problem is this is what happens when you're Barack Obama and you've done such a poor job that uh, you lose the Senate. You know, I right. mean, that's really they do have the right to. They don't I, I, be clear. They don't have to vote on Merrick Garland. They don't. I mean, they don't have there's no constitutional. Um, all it says is they should re, they should do it, but they don't have to do it right away. There's no time limit on it. So uh, they are in an OK constitutional ground. I just don't. I don't like it. Look good. I don't yeah. like it, and I don't like the precedent. I mean, the same thing's going to obviously happen to Republicans now. And everybody, every freaking time you get in there, every time your party gets control or the other party gets control, they take one little step away from the Constitution, yeah. and these things just constantly add up. Um, so I don't like that. However, I am thrilled with this result if he's able to get through. Now, we should point Hope this so. out. We're two weeks into this presidency. Well, there's been positives and negatives. I think there's been a mixed bag so far. This is a big positive, and it's going to earn him lots of uh, brownie points. And a, a lot of people will overlook some of the bad things he's going to do because of this, and that's fine. Um, I think that you know it's it's up to you to make your judgment on how much weight you put on it. But we are two weeks in, so you can't give him Reagan's presidency yet. No you way. need to understand that. Uh, number two, the man hasn't been confirmed yet. Part of this might very well be that Trump has to fight for it. My, I'm sort of currently under the impression that. He's going to get through because they realize it's Scalia replaced with another conservative. Let's hold our big fight until next, next time in case Kennedy or uh, uh, Ginsburg or somebody else, right. Breyer, whoever, uh, winds up stepping down. So I, I kind of think this might be a little bit easier than, than we think it will be, but who knows. Um, but, you know, so there's two other steps to this. You know, it, it's getting the nomination, which is step one, fighting for the nomination, getting him confirmed, which is step two. And then step three, him actually working out. Just because I think right now he's going to work out does not mean that he's going to work out. He has held up pretty good, though. I mean, the, what, his past history. No, no, his history is uh, fine. Like, yeah. on paper, he's a good candidate. Yeah. But again, like, if you're, if you're an NBA GM and you say, on paper, he played well at Duke, and then he comes in and scores four points a game and shoots 25%, you don't, no one's like, well, he looked like a good guy at Duke. You get judged by what the result is, and the result will be, just like Bush deserves, yeah. um, he deserves uh, criticism. For the Roberts pick. Absolutely. I think he deserves credit for the Alito pick. Um, and the same thing happens Trump here. This. Trump owns this he one. Has to, yes. um, and, you know, he, this is part, one of the biggest parts of your job. He was given this job to, uh, one of the things to, to, uh, to uh, appoint a Supreme Court justice. If it doesn't work out and the guy becomes uh, Justice Souter, well, that's going to be on Trump and nobody else. I mean, we're all going to sit here and say, well, I supported him and I'll admit it. But, I mean, it's his choice, obviously. 
Um, you know, I, I know Ben Shapiro, um, who, who is a you know really smart guy. We've had him on the show uh, many times. He uh, was very positive on this pick. He was a you know never Trump type of guy, um, and uh, and said this was a very good pick. Again, showing you that he's also making decisions based on principle instead of personality. Uh, one of the strangest accusations we always get is like, you just hate him, or you're just jealous, or your ego's too big. Uh-huh. Our ego's too big. We're on national television and radio telling you we were wrong. My, uh-huh. ego's, my ego, I look in the mirror every day. My ego doesn't exist, okay? I know, I, I, that the ego, it's, ugh. It's been destroyed since the time mirrors existed. It's just not, it's not, it's not there. That being, not mine, though, Stu. Well, your ego's huge, uh, along with other things. Um, but here's the thing. Shapiro was skeptical of Roberts when he was named. There were very few Republicans who were. Ben Shapiro was one of the very few uh, who said, "This does not, I'm scared because he might wind up making some bad decisions. We right. don't have enough record on him. And, and that obviously proved to be true. But he's supportive of Gorsuch. So that's good, and it's a good sign coming from a good source. Um, and, uh, you know, look, I think this is a good pick. Let's go into some of the details on this here on the other side of the break. Mm. Um, and there's a couple things. I mean, there are times where you look at this guy and you're like, he may be better than Scalia in some ways. That's difficult. Scalia's my favorite justice. I, I love reading his I stuff. Thought a lot I love interviews an with an him. I heard an interview with uh, Mike Lee last night. And, uh, well, we can talk about it on the other side. But he was, I thought of you because he was talking about how well uh, he loved reading uh, oh. Gorsuch's opinions. Yeah, Gorsuch and, uh, Gorsuch and, uh, and Scalia both yeah. write with a similar kind of like attitude, yeah. which I just like, you know. Um, you know, my, uh, my, my favorite uh, Gorsuch uh, quote, um, uh, let's see if I can dig it up here. Um, here we go. Uh, the fundamental problem with our negative commerce clause cases is that the Constitution does not contain a negative commerce clause. <laughs> now, look. That's the fundamental problem. That is the fundamental problem is the thing we're talking about doesn't exist. <laughs> I like that because, yeah. I mean, you know, this is somebody who does not just create things in the Constitution that aren't there. He it's hates that stuff, and that's one of the best things about it. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. 888-727-BECK is our phone number. If you want to get in and you want to, you want to brag to us about how smart you were about Donald Trump and how he's going to pick a great justice and how dumb we are because we didn't recognize it, this is a good day for it. Call us up, 888-727-BECK. Uh, for now, let's take a positive step towards self-reliance. My Patriot Supply is our sponsor this half hour. We love the people at My Patriot Supply. They do a great job for our, for our listeners. And honestly, that's the relationship um, we have with our clients. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to have clients who are coming in here and saying, hey, uh, here, you should buy this product. And then you call them and you get, you know, a, a bad deal or uh, you don't get the customer service you want or you, the product shows up and it's not as it was described. Uh, my Patriot Supply takes care of us like that. They take care of the listeners, and they love our listeners. I mean, they're constantly saying how great the people that listen to this show and the rest of the shows here in The Blaze are. Uh, the food that they deliver to you is as promised. It tastes delicious, and it lasts up to 25 years. You- it does? 25 whole years? It's actually Because I have never seen that happen. No, well, that's because you eat it on day one, Jeffy. That's not... I, I mean, it, can't... I haven't seen it last... Two or three days. Jeffy, they don't mean that it's not going to be eaten. Forget it. Get four weeks of easy-to-prepare food supply. This is going to knock out 95 to 99% of all possible emergencies and contingencies you want to plan for. And it's only $99, uh, plus free shipping as well. 
888-411-5290 or preparewiththeblaze.com. David Chalian from uh, CNN, who's, uh, who's pretty good uh, as far as analysis goes. I, I, I like listening to him on CNN. Um, he said that uh, Supreme Court nominee Neil, Neil Gorsuch is so qualified that Democrats um, in Trump states will be highly pressured to confirm his nomination. And they probably won't even need the nuclear option for Gorsuch. That's, that's interesting. Uh, the comments came while panelists were mulling over the possibility of Democrats blocking the Supreme Court nomination. You know, they will block it. Oh, but, They're no. going to block it. I don't think, but I don't. Know, I don't know. Are they? You're, you're saying they won't. You're saying why block it? You know, with the, I mean, the usual. Hey, we don't like this guy, but yeah, they're all going to say he's much. horrible, and but, and they're going to get. They're going to get th- at least 39 people uh, in the Senate to say he's horrible, and I can't vote for him. The question is because the the all every California senator, uh, every uh, Oregon senator, every Washington senator is going to say. You know, look, I think he's the worst person on earth because it helps them in their states. But Joe Manchin in West Virginia is going to be under extreme pressure to vote for him. So they'll probably get at least a few of those votes. And and that's fine. I'm be interested to see if they do, if this is uh, you're saying they'll wait to go up against Trump. But I don't think I don't know how much how much energy Trump wants to put on this fight. You know what I mean? I think I, I get, the, so I get the impression. I, I know, but I get the impression that this is kind of like he thinks his fight is done now. Maybe I don't know. You know I, I mean? think I think he wants this to succeed. I, I don't think he. Well, I, look, I, know I don't he think wants he's it to deep, succeed, but I just don't think he wants to waste any political energy or power behind it either. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think this is such a big one. It was such a big deal in the campaign. I think he wants to show that he did this and did it right. Uh, and yeah. you know, I, I don't know that he'll need to fight too hard. He didn't. He didn't nominate a crazy person. And when I say crazy person, I don't mean actually crazy, uh, but a really controversial choice. He picked somebody who was very conservative um, and with a libertarian streak that that conservatives will like and is so smart and can obviously talk circles around everybody in the Senate that it's, you know, why do this here? The other thought is, and this is something we talked about yesterday, is precedent. If they come out and fight it, then we all know the Republicans will eventually go to the uh, nuclear option right. to get it through. Okay, If they set the precedent now, they, all you need is 50 votes. The next time someone comes up, they won't have that fight again. They'll, it will just be 50 votes. So if uh, Ginsburg uh, leaves uh, or uh, 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 Breyer leaves or Kennedy leaves, everyone will walk into it saying all you need is 51 votes. If they don't, if they set the precedent now that you need 60 votes, at the very least, they will have to reverse the, their own precedent in the administration to say, no, we don't need 60 don't this need time. 60. We only need 51, which is and it also will probably be at a time where Trump has lower popularity. And this is right. not the best commentary on Trump. It's just that every president from the beginning of their administration typically slowly loses popularity throughout. So they might have a more advantageous time to take that battle up. And I think that's a real reason why you'll see um, him get the 60 votes. Remember, they've got, what, 53? 53, I think, already. I mean, you can pretty much write down Joe Manchin is going to go along with this. That's 54. Um, And that's going to get you, uh, you know, close to all the way there. And you have, uh, you know, other Republicans or Democrats in 
um, uh, red states that are going to be fighting for their life in re-election. In 2018, it's really set up. The map is set up wonderfully for Republicans in the Senate. So, you know, it's, uh, I think it's a good chance because he picked this way, that he'll get 60 yeah. votes. Um, it's so. the same thing that happened with Bush. Bush didn't have a tough time getting uh, Roberts through. It was Alito that was difficult. And I think uh, here, Gorsuch is so qualified, you just hope he's not another Roberts. I don't think he is reading his record. I really don't. I think it's a good pick. But man, you know, we've been burned by this so many <laughs> times, I have no idea. Um, this is an interesting thing, just to show you where the Democrat activist mindset is. This is a sign that somebody spotted. Um, and just shows how pathetic this is. Um, here's the sign. Uh, it's uh, talking about stopping Gorsuch, kind of. But if you kind of look, it's in the upper left-hand corner here. And it's actually just a stop. And then they just wrote the name Gorsuch in there because they didn't know who the nominee was. Uh, and uh, th that's pretty pathetic. Uh, the point is they were going to oppose anyone. Now, part of this goes back to Merrick Garland, which they're just pissed about. And, they, and more than that, they have a good argument uh, on that one. So they're, they continue to go back to it. But Merrick Garland's not gonna, he's not going to be the, the justice. It's over. It's over. It's, it's probably going to be Neil, almost undoubtedly is going to be Neil Gorsuch because I think they will go to the nuclear option if they have to. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, so, but, I mean, it shows that you really don't have much principle behind your arguments when you're writing in the name uh, afterwards. Well, I mean, what are they supposed to do? Wait until they know and then print the signs? No. No, that, that's true. They've got to have the generic crazy. stop anything sign. Yeah, that would be crazy. Um, that's great. Should we go to some specific? Let's take a break here and we'll come back. We'll do some specifics on Gorsuch and the reasons why. Uh, I'm excited about the pick, and a lot of conservatives are. Uh, we'll do that on the other side. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. All right, let's go through a couple things uh, as far as specifics go uh, when it comes to Neil Gorsuch. I figured this is a good show to maybe just kind of dive in and, and talk about this stuff because we have some time here and you know you've heard probably the surface stuff on a lot of shows today um, but let's go a little bit deeper here um, one of the things that really excites conservatives and shows the libertarian streak of uh, Gorsuch is what they call uh, the, uh, the the Chevron deference now you might say that sounds completely boring and it was it named after the freaking gas station place Yes, it actually is. A Chevron versus the National Resources, Resource Defense Council. Um, it was actually a pretty big case, and it goes back to, it's not about you know, what that case was about. It's about the precedent it set. It always is in the Supreme Court. So the Chevron deference basically says that when the federal courts are confronted with an ambiguous law, um, the default position for federal judges should be that they side with the federal agency that implements the law. Now, that's a very boring way of explaining it. But to explain it, to boil it down, like if the EPA is the one that enforces a specific law and, they have, and, and there's, people are arguing about what interpretation is right about that regulation, right? So EPA puts in a regulation and people are arguing, well, well I, I want to interpret it this way, I want to interpret it this way. You basically go and ask the EPA, what do you guys what think? What did you guys mean? Right? right? What did you guys think? What, do you, what, what did you mean by this? Um, and what do you think the law should be? Okay. Scalia supported that standard. Um, uh, Gorsuch does not. And the reason why, uh, I think, is pretty clear. It's not, these are unelected people who are uh, making regulations and, you know, 
the just the judges and the justices are supposed to be able to figure out what the law is. It's their job. Yeah. So let me. This is how they explained it. Um, and, and again, just to boil it down, Chevron uh, the Chevron deference instructs the courts to tip the scales in favor of the executive branch. So they say, okay, the president. Uh, has these people under him. He was elected and he put the people he wanted in there. So they should be able to figure out what that law is supposed to mean. Okay. Or that regulation. Um, But what about the judicial independent uh, duty? This is from uh, reason, by the way. What about the uh, judiciary independent duty to act as an impenetrable bulwark against every assumption of power in legislative or executive, as James Madison once described the role of the courts? Doesn't Chevron deference amount to a judicial surrender in this core area of responsibility? Judge Gorsuch, Gorsuch thinks so. Chevron deference is a judge, this is a quote from him, a judge-made doctrine for the abdication of the judicial duty. He also says, uh, under any conception of our separation of powers, I would have thought powerful and centralized authorities like today's administrative agencies would have warranted less deference from other branches, not more. What you're saying basically is, yeah, the EPA wants to do something, and people say, well, I don't think that's legal. Well, yeah, just ask the EPA. It's a terrible standard to set up. Um, he's also very good on the Fourth Amendment. And again, this is an issue that Scalia was good on. Um, Gorsuch strongly objected to the majority's view in one case, uh, United States versus Carlos, that, uh, that police officers had the implied consent to, uh, to enter pr- a private property for a warrantless knock-and-talk on a homeowner's front porch, even though the homeowner had placed multiple no trespassing, trespassing signs around the property and even on the front door. Um, this is, this is, I would think of this as the Jeffy case. Jeffy's an obvious drug dealer. I mean, we talked about it on the air a hundred times. Uh, he obviously is in all sorts of different illegal activities. We all know it. The police know it. Okay. But he has not been caught and convicted of a crime. Yeah. Right. So there's a process. It's got to be here. proven. All right. So can the police just walk up to Jeffy and start asking him all these questions and enter his property, go on his property without any reason to be there? They don't have any evidence. They just kind of suspect he may, might be a criminal for, with no real reason to do that. No, they just, I would everybody say, around town uh, knows. no. I, I, you would say, uh, no. And a lot of, there would be some people uh, who are very pro-police or, you know, very hard, hard on crime, as we all are. Um, well, not Jeffy on the police thing, but um, we, we all are. Uh, you might say, well, wait a minute. They, I, they should be able to go there. If they think there's a drug dealer, they should be able to go and investigate it. Um, and I, I understand that position. Um, but the more libertarian streak in, in myself, uh, in Jeffy from the I wanna, don't want to get arrested streak, and, and Gorsuch, the uh, libertarian streak, he had this to say. Gorsuch complained, a homeowner may post as many no trespassing signs as she wishes. She might add a wall or a medieval style moat too. Maybe razor wire and battlements and, mul- and man traps besides. Even that isn't enough to revoke the state's right to enter. This line of reasoning seems to me difficult to reconcile with the constitution of the founder's design. I mean, how hard, you know, the Constitution, they included the Fourth Amendment for a reason. So you couldn't just get searched whenever somebody suspected you or something or they didn't like you. Um, And that has been dismissed by almost everybody. And here's Gorsuch standing up for that principle and saying, you know what? I love the cops, but they can't just walk up there whenever they want if they don't have a reason. Now, obviously, in Jeffy's case, there is a reason. He's, I mean, we've talked about it. He's been on national radio explaining his crimes for multiple years. So that is a reason. You can go to Jeffy's house. Uh, But I think that's a, it's a good limitation. Again, it shows that he's trying to limit government power, not expand it. And that just, uh, again, I can't imagine this guy's going to be on Donald Trump's side on eminent domain. 
Um, I, I, I haven't seen anything specifically on that, but you read what he talks about through here. He is citing constantly against the federal government having I, more power. That's all I was thinking about when uh, earlier during radio when Glenn was talking. You know, he likes to bring up the uh, the two side buildings of Rockefeller Town yeah. Center. You know, the two guys that held out right. one for money, one for family. And all I could think of is today's one eminent domain. You're done. Get out. Yeah. We're moving and you that's out. the wrong Pack your crap approach. up in a trailer and get out. It's not the only story like that in New York. The Hess Triangle is my favorite story like this, where they this guy owned this property. They wanted to build the subway there, uh, the Hess family, and uh, they they took the land from him, um, and he fought it in court all the way to the end. And they said, "Nope, we're taking it." They finally won, and they took it. But they, the where the subway was going left him with a triangle piece shape of land like it looked like i thought it described as a giant piece of pizza that's the right. kind of the size of, right. of it and he, he and he and they were like well just give us that too and he's like nope i'm keeping this triangle and it's his little tri- i mean seriously it's like you know maybe the, i've walked by it before it's about that big maybe you know kind of comes down in a, in a triangle thing. <laughs> it's about that big and so he just decided to have tiles put in on it and they just say um property of the hess estate never to be dedicated for public purposes <laughs> and it's in there, and it's still there today. It's all cracked and, and it's deteriorating, but it's still actually still there today. Though. And so he held out for a very long time. They tried to they they tried to get him to donate it, and he was like, nope. And so it stayed there for a really long time. They um, eventually, I think, years and years. I don't know if he was dead or, but eventually the family was like, they, I think they sold it to them or donated Probably, it or something. Sure. Eventually, they're like, we've made our point. Um, uh, and, and, and the, you know, it's just out and he front would of say, no, you, no, we haven't. He probably would have. What are you doing? Uh, but it's out in front of like a cigar shop now. Uh, but it's still there. I mean, you could still see it. You could still read it, even though it's, it's cracked it's and everything. Great. It's a great story. And there's a lot of those. I mean, this happens. Uh, there was one in Pittsburgh I was just hearing about um, w- on a podcast where uh, they built a mall around this old lady's house. Like Trump was doing in, uh, wanted to do in uh, with the casinos down in uh, Atlantic, Atlantic City, City. they yeah. built a mall and they just said, "All right, well, we w- we'll, we'll pay you, you know, tons of money, way more, a million dollars for your house." And she's like, "Nope, I'm old. I don't have any family. I don't want to move." So they built the mall right around her, and there's this, this giant mall around this one little house, and <laughs> that one wound up being that the guy who was like the foreman, I think, of the project wound up going to talk to her and realized that she really had nobody in her, in her life. And the guy actually, towards the end of her life, she wound up dying later, um, wound up going and making her breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day um, for, for a long time. And, well, and, and they had being to. They didn't leave family. her a road to get in or out. You no, know, there was. She, <laughs> that's a good point. No, she could get in and out, but the back of her house and the sides of her house were surrounded by the mall. And eventually, the woman, when she died, left the house to that guy. Nice. Uh, which is kind of a, a cool story, you know. Cool. I mean, so anyway, so but point. Moral being, of that story is if you find an old person to take care of, do it. Jeffy, can I take care of you? Uh, be- you know, close to death. Oh, Jeffy, can I take care of you? <laughs> Actually, you don't have any possessions. What am I talking about? Um, so uh, Gorsuch also questioned whether the Supreme Court had any business protecting uh, unenumerated constitutional rights, such as the right to privacy, under the due uh, uh, process clause of the 14th Amendment, citing the work of, of Robert Bork. Again, citing the work of Robert Bork is not always the popular thing to do. <laughs> now, the, and this, go, this plays to what he thinks about abortion. Now, the abortion issue is interesting here. Similar to other uh, justices, there's not a long record of him having uh, abortion-related decisions. And so it makes some people nervous. However, he seems to go even further um, uh, than uh, on this issue. He seems to be very strong. Let me read you this, this, this description. Not abortion. His 2006 book, which I need to read, I have not read it yet, uh, The Future of Assisted Suicide and Euthanasia, 
wrote a book about that. Now, it's a topic where you'd think, okay, well, someone who's pro-life probably probably is going to be against it. Um, However, libertarians are kind of for it. Um, He seemingly pointed to an an anti-abortion direction, rejecting the case for legalized assisted suicide on the grounds that human life is fundamentally and inherently valuable, and the taking of human life by private persons is always wrong. Pretty strong statement there. Yes. Um, Gorsuch also rejected the libertarian case for assisted suicide because he argued faithful adherence to the libertarian theory would also justify the legalization of mass suicide packs, duels, and the sale of one's life, not to mention the use of now illegal drugs, prostitution, and the sale of one's organs. So he's not a hardcore libertarian. He's got a libertarian streak on certain things, um, which I do, I do like. And I think, like, it's easier... Uh, like if you look at the life arguments, the abortion thing, like for example, Glenn is obviously pro life. Life. However, he does take the libertarian position on assisted suicide. So I think like it's an actually, he's, he's clearing a higher hurdle when it comes to life issues, uh, for most people with the assisted suicide thing, when, when it comes to being on the life side of that argument. Um, you know, where most, almost, there's almost no one who's pro assisted suicide, um, on the conservative side of this argument, um, and pro-choice. Like, usually those things go together when you're right, on the conservative okay. side of the argument. Um, so the fact that he is, uh, you know, again, but it, there is speculation here. The, you know, Pryor was probably the safest pick when it came to Roe versus Wade. He had outwardly said it was one of the worst rulings of all time. Um, so you could, that, you could have been a little safer with that one. Um, but he had other issues and was seen as really controversial, not to mention um, he had some issues with the evangelicals on certain issues as well that Glenn had kind of talked about earlier. So I think this is a good pick. Yeah, this was the guy. Yeah. And, this was uh, the guy that yeah. they all uh, were crying about. So there you go. Yeah, you got it. You got uh, what you want. Let me give this a little, one last thing because this is my favorite part about the guy. Uh, dormant co- Commerce Clause. We mentioned this on radio. There's something called the Dormant Commerce, commerce Clause, which is a way to read the Constitution with words that aren't there. Um, that indicate that you can kind of do whatever you want uh, as a federal government over interstate commerce, which you're really not supposed to overwhelm uh, state statutes on these things, um, because it's not really commerce. They make everything commerce. Anyway, these doctrines treat the Commerce Clause as not only a grant of power to Congress to make laws regulating interstate commerce, but as a kind of presumptive limitation on the power of states to make laws that are either unduly burdened or unfairly discriminate against interstate commerce. Basically, gives takes all the power away from the states, gives it all to the federal government. Um, as the name suggests, the Dormant Commerce Clause cannot actually be found in the Constitution. Scalia eventually came around to the view that it should not be a thing and refused to endorse any future expansions of the doctrine. Um, Scalia stated, the fundamental problem with our negative commerce clause cases is the... Oh, geez, I actually misread that. The fundamental problem with our negative commerce clause cases is that the Constitution does not contain a negative commerce clause. Um, that's actually a uh, Scalia quote. I've been thinking that was Gorsuch the whole yeah. time. But Gorsuch agreed with that precedent. Uh, Gorsuch's opinions also reveal a measure of distrust uh, towards unwritten constitutional provisions like the dormant commerce clause. Let me read that last sentence again. Gorsuch's opinions also reveal a measure of distrust toward unwritten constitutional provisions? Shouldn't they Wait, all... What? You, you, you Any know, of them. All of them. If they're not written, they're not a thing. Period. Oh, jeez. All right. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. We're running late. We're back Scalia is so pissed right now at you. Uh, I know. For not knowing his quote. Uh, I know. I actually am, I am pissed at myself for that. I, <laughs> ah! some stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. 
worst segment ever. Oh, hey, Jeffy, you're on. You're on. It's oh, hey, welcome to Pat and Stew without Pat. Showed up for radio, couldn't show up for this show. Thank nice, God. Nice I one. don't want the plate. Nice I one. don't want to die nice because one. Pat thinks it's, it's uh, some noble cause to come in with the flu. Yeah, he doesn't thanks. have flu. He's taking medicine. He does have flu. He tested positive for flu. You are, he, you are actually are a millennial, aren't you? I am. I, I was born in 1976. Yeah, yes. That was the first I year. I know. You're on the, you're on the beginning of the millennials. One of the first millennials. You can tell. By some you measures. Even working. So I have some sad uh, news. Shut I have up. Sad you news. haven't done anything <laughs> for this company since you started here. And you're, not a, you're a millennial of the 1800s. All right, go ahead. Sad news. Uh, and this, not for you so much, Stu, but it is sad news for many American males. Uh, <laughs> America's facing the lowest supply of bacon in more than 50 years. Uh, yeah, that does not and I know, but beware. Prices, going Prices up. are going to be skyrocketing. I mean, this is the type of thing that could turn the people around on the Trump presidency. I mean, yeah, yeah, you got a Supreme actually, Court justice. What about the bacon? It actually kind <laughs> of is. That could be a that's problem. That's the kind of stupid thing that would, would actually hurt him. Well, Rush used to say that all the time. No one cares about, like, in-depth policy, but raise their ATM fees, and everyone goes nuts. Right. It's the same thing here. Chicken prices go up. What? And by the way, bacon is the type of thing that absolutely could be affected. I mean, one of the things, oh the gosh, people yeah. who are, are really complaining about Trump's economic policies are a lot of people who supported him, which are farmers. Farmers depend on exporting goods. And if you get into a trade war and people stop buying American goods. What happens? Uh, it's not good for them. Huh. Uh, not good for them. Weird how that happens. But that's not a, today's a day to celebrate. Uh, it is a day uh, to celebrate. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to be positive. Um, I also, we talked a little bit off the, the other day about, uh, you know, the NFL going to Las Vegas, but uh, Sheldon Nelson, uh, Mr. Big Billionaire, uh, pulled out. Pulled out like yeah. s- almost I'm, $700 million. I mean, Adelson, it was a weird thing a anyway. Nice day. Adelson basically said, I don't really like football. I'm not really into it. I just think this might be, and I'm not going to make any money off of this and profit. Which um, I find hard to believe. Right. Uh, I'm believe. just saying his, this is his attitude. I'm not going to make any money off this. I'm not doing it for the money. But, you know, it'll be nice to have for the city. And, you know, obviously some people will come to the casinos that go there. So, you know, yeah, overall. No kidding. So anyway, $650 million is a lot, uh, is a lot to put down for, uh, for that little passion. And then they had uh, some sort of. Uh, and he was uh, teamed with Goldman Sachs. Yeah, they had some uh, presentation and some paperwork that had to be submitted, and uh, they just did it without him. Yeah, he was pissed. Well, he was pissed because they were asking for too much as well. I mean, they really, they really were, and uh, you know, they want to make the stadium one point nine billion dollars, and it's like, why on earth do you need a one point nine billion dollar stadium? I mean, you know, the the one in uh, New York was like one point six. Yeah, and you're making the, the Giants and Jets stadium for 1.6. You need 1.9 for the Raiders in Las Vegas, which is a freaking desert. Build it five miles off the strip or something. Yeah, they don't uh, want. So yeah. I think it might fall through because Goldman Sachs That's pulled tough. out too. Oh, I didn't know Goldman Sachs. Yeah, because they said we're.